On this brand new edition of Yodes, a conversation with Fran Lin, the co-founder of WOW FC, that's Women of Watford FC, the female supporters group that travels to Watford matches, men's and women's, and offers encouragement and support to women and girls at the games and beyond, plus a look at the Watford women in their game against Blackburn Rovers, and a look ahead to the all-important clash in the men's game between Norwich City and Watford, a must-win for the Golden Boys. All of that coming up right after this. Hello and welcome to another edition of Yuans. I'm Omar Moore. On this episode, a conversation with Fran Lynn. She is the co-founder of Women of Watford FC, WOW FC, a female supporter group of Watford Football Club and of the Watford FC women. They travel to support Watford FC and Watford FC women wherever they may play, home and away. And they provide a support network for women and girls traveling together to the games. And they invite anyone to be a part of Women of Watford FC, to be a part of what's going on with gatherings and meetings and events. All of those are happening at this wonderful organization which has started very recently. In this conversation with Fran, we talk about a number of things, including women in football and Fran's own experiences with football and going to football matches specifically. With me on this edition of the Yuan's podcast is Fran Lin. She is the co-founder of WOW FC. I love that name. Wow, FC. <laughs> Women of Watford FC. It is a female supporters club and also a support network for women and girls who go to Watford matches, whether it's Watford men or Watford women, and also as a general welcoming to anyone who wants to be a part of Wow FC. They also have a mailing list, and I'll mention that and ask Fran about that as well. But right now, please join me in welcoming Fran Lynn to the You Wants podcast. Fran, welcome. Hello, Emma. Nice to see you and thank you for being here. Now, first thing I wanted to ask you about, and there's a few things that uh, we can have a conversation about here, and I thank you for your time. Um, the first thing I would like to ask you about, Fran, is your experiences traveling to football matches. When did you um, begin to go to football matches? When, you know, you know whether you were a, a child, whether you were a teenager... And and how did that come about for you? For me, as a for as a kid, I mean, I was really small. Well, you know, nine, ten years old. I started to go way back when, and a lot of the times by myself, uh, most of the time by myself, all with friends. Um, so I wanted to start there. If you could tell me about your first forays to football matches and and how that was for you. So I started going. Um in the late 70s, 1979, um, and I went with some friends from school. So the first time I went to Vicarage Road was actually for an open day, and I went with a couple of friends, female friends, because um, I'd started following Watford while I was doing a paper round in Apsley. And um, so we went to this open day, uh, but they used to go with their dad and the car was always full, so I hadn't managed to get to a, a game. And then got talking to some friends at school. So a bunch of us decided we'd go. So in the spring of 79, a bunch of us went into Watford, went to the Wimpy Bar, had some lunch and then went to the match. And um, and that was it. There were seven more home games that season. I went to every single one of them and took different people along and, and mostly female friends. So uh, I think my initial experience of going 
was with other girls. So that never seemed like a, a difficult thing. And then my sisters started going with me. So I've got, I've got one brother and two sisters. Mm-hmm. My one brother has been to one match, I think, which was the whole game where we won promotion with a 4-0 win. And he said it was boring. And he's <laughs> never been again. But my two sisters are, are still regulars. So, and um, one of my sisters has two daughters that go with us as well. So one of her daughters is a season ticket holder. So, so that, that, that's my experience going back. And um, I, I'm still, my, my parents were really protective and going to football in the late seventies and early eighties, it wasn't pretty. I mean, there was a lot of violence around. It was not a nice place to be. And I still can't quite believe that my parents let me do it. I don't think they knew, to be honest. (laughs) I think Watford was safer than other places. But, you know, even so, I think Watford Town Centre, people, if there was a match on, people would go shopping that Saturday afternoon because they expected trouble. Right. And quite often there was trouble. So it was, um, but I think Watford was probably a nicer place to go than a lot of grounds. And there were a lot of skirmishes, and I remember back in those days as well, you know, um, in the town centre, I remember even seeing some in and around Vicarage Road. Um, yeah. There were some skirmishes going on, and it was not pretty, as you point out. Um, very much familiar with that, because it was not it was not pretty in that time period. I remember very clearly going to some of these games, uh, some of the abuse, some of the, and the violence, and all kinds of things that were going on. And and as you point out, I, I totally agree with you. I think uh, Watford was certainly by far a better atmosphere uh, to go to a, to a, a match. Uh, but my goodness me, yeah, those were the days, weren't they? I mean, my goodness, in the 1970s, it was, it was batten down the hatches and watch out. Um, anything you wanted to add? Anything you wanted to, uh, to add to, to what you've said at all? Um, and any, anything that, you know, obviously your parents allowed you to go, um, was, was there points that you feared for your safety, for example? Um, did you find, um, men to, um, you know, be of help to you in any way? And I'm not talking about men protecting you or anything like that. I, I, I'm talking about, did you find people to be helpful to you and be conscious of, you being there because again there were lots of things chanted back in those days too. yeah i i don't think they took much notice of us being there to be honest i don't think um i think maybe being a girl you were less likely to get involved in trouble the only time i was ever punched at a football match it was another woman so um yeah i think most of the time if the guys were out looking for trouble they were looking for for men to get into a fight with so they sort of ignored the fact that you were there um occasionally you get a guy who would latch on to you from the opposing team to try and get into the ground with you that happened to me on the odd occasion but most of the time you just try and avoid them i mean i know when i i go to away games occasionally um especially when i was at university i might go to a game on my own and I wouldn't, you wouldn't wear any colours in those days. and You'd never wore colours to away games. And um, somebody might start talking to you and you'd be very aware of the fact that your accent was from the wrong place and that they might cop on to the fact that you were actually an opposing fan. So that was when I was, I was often quite fearful, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and that's, that's the thing. As you point out again, these these are very real world concerns, uh, and very serious concerns because this is this is real. I mean, this is not something that's that's a figment of anyone's imagination. These are really really important things, and um, I I quite frankly wish, uh, Fran, that uh, that football clubs at that time took a bit more proactive approach to this which I don't seem to remember that they necessarily did back then um, but and you can obviously chime in as to how you feel about that but uh, I don't think well, that they did at least as, I, as much as they should have I think with with what Watford did with the whole community thing and with the the family aspect to it I mean people were encouraged families were encouraged to come which Really, I don't think, I think fathers and sons used to come. 
but they actually encourage families to come. And so I think a lot of a lot of little girls used to go then with their families and, and weren't made to feel out of place. And um, so I think that certainly maybe changed the demographic of Watford's support because, you know, now there'll be a lot of young girls that went on the family terrace and in the family enclosure with their families who are now bringing their families and um, which I think is great. And I love seeing seeing men taking their daughters to games as well. I think that's so positive. I mean, don't force them to go if they don't like it, obviously, but there are so many young girls. I remember hearing about the friend that I first went to Vicarage Road with. She'd apparently sort of get all dressed up in her coat and scarf mm -hmm. and stand at the door hoping her dad would take her, which he didn't always. And so... <laughs> And now I know that, you know, her children are, are, are fanatical fans. So, right. you know, that that's just brilliant. That's great. And and by the way, I can't let this pass. You said that another woman took a punch, actually punched you at a football match. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. So um, it, it was it was one of those, it was actually, I was at University in Nottingham. So I'd been walking around Nottingham in my Watford scarf and I felt, fine so stupidly I wore my scarf to um to Knox County and my sister had come along to with me to visit and as we were walking back we got targeted because we were wearing colors we were walking back past the station and um this woman tripped my sister so I turned around and said why did you do that the next thing I knew she threw me against a wall and started punching me in the face so yeah, so I spent that evening in the police station. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. So that was that was fun. My poor little sister had come to visit me at university and ends up there with her sister in the police station because she's got into a fight. <laughs> Goodness but, gracious me! I mean, <laughs> yes. Oh good. I mean, I'm not laughing that this happened. I'm just laughing at the just the. I don't know. I just can't. I mean, that is wow. My goodness me, I, I that goodness gracious. Everything was was you were all right in the end. I I trust. Oh yeah, I just had a, a bit of a black eye. But, oh dear. You know, I was uh. I was fine. <laughs> no, no lasting issues. <laughs> I didn't like walking past walking to the station in Nottingham after that. <laughs> so it was difficult getting on the train home. But apart from that, it was fine. Oh dear, dear. Well. Oh my goodness gracious me! Talk about the school of hard knocks. That is just yeah. Man, what a story. That is. <laughs> well, Fran, I wanted to to um, ask you a bit more about about your writings. Actually, I noticed you have this blog, and I don't know if it's still in operation. And it's still, I get the impression that it is because I actually just read something from it not too many days ago now yeah. about your experiences being part of Women of Watford FC, going to these matches, your descriptions, I really enjoy reading. It, it, there's a very, there's a texture about how you write about these experiences and how particular and specific they are. Going through the atmosphere, the feeling, the aura, the preparation, the meeting of people, the, the setting the scene, and you set the scene so very wonderfully. And I, by the way, I'd encourage, really would encourage any listener right now to make a, a, a habit of visiting your blog and reading it. Can you give out the address of your blog, by the way, before we go further on this? Um, yeah, it's um, frannylynn at wordpress.com, I think. Right. Anyway, it, it's if you look for Fran Lynn and, and um, WordPress, you should find it. Great. Because, because I love the way that you do you describe these scenes of people and, 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 and how you're meeting and, and the events and all the atmosphere. Can you talk a bit about your writing about these things and also about being part of Women of Watford? And also, I should ask, because I had, of course, I spoke to Kate Lewis recently about this as well, about promoting women and girls in football and... Uh, you know, I'm not going to say women's football because I really don't like that term. I'll just put that out there for anyone listening. Um, it's football for everyone. 
it's men participating in it and it's women participating in it. And I am not someone who likes this, uh, you know, women's football. It's football for all. I mean, you don't really see a lot of times where you see men's football. I mean, occasionally you might see that somewhere, but it's always women's football. And I just don't think that they really should be that distinction made. They are men and women who play the sport. But anyway, that's me on my, uh, <laughs> on that. But I just wanted to ask you about your writing and your experiences with women of Watford going to matches on the day and also about women and girls in football and also about what happened with Watford versus Liverpool and these touching scenes of girls and young girls being uh, encouraged and inspired, if you can talk about a bit of all of that. Yeah, so so I sort of started doing match reports. Basically, I lived abroad for a long time. I lived, um, I was 12 years abroad. So I lived in Austria and then I lived in the US for eight years. And when I came back, I was very aware of the fact that um, people had kept me in touch with, Watford and I really appreciated people's experiences so I was on the Watford mailing list and that sort of kept me in touch with home and kept me in touch with the um with what was going on so when I came back when I started going to the away games I started writing little match reports and then in the um I think 2012 13. So it was the pre-season tour um, when Zola had taken over and they went to Italy at sort of short notice. And so I decided to go along and somebody said, you should put this in a blog. He wrote a blog as well, another Watford fan. And because I'd taken some photos and it was a nice little story and everything. And I was at the game that I was at, I think I was maybe the only Watford fan there. Um, so I did. So I put it in a blog and then I started, I continued on from there. So I've been sort of putting the blog together after games since then. Um, and, it, you know, it's mostly, as I say, games I go to. And the experiences there, and I've I've always thought that maybe as a woman, um, I can express men express emotion at football, but maybe not about it in the same way. And I think I can maybe write about things that guys will relate to that they wouldn't necessarily put down themselves. So um, you know, I write it from the point of view of of loving the game and loving the experience of watching live football because I do, and I, I travel all over the country. I mean, I try, I go to every game that I can. Um, I've just bought my tickets for Leeds, so Great. the group that I go Great. with. Um, so, you know, it's something, that, and, I, and I like to sort of write about the experiences around it as well. So I think probably my accounts of the games aren't very interesting, but what's fun is getting there, who you met, you know, having a, a drink with a few people, any sort of like quirky things that happen on the day and all of things. So I think that's the thing that's sort of interesting and makes your day different from anybody else's and sort of how that works. And also, um, you know, the people that you interact with, the other fans and things. And, and you know, when you travel regularly, there's these faces that you see every week. You might not know their names, but you'll always smile and say hello to them. So, you know, it, it's all that experience as well. And so I think when we started doing this um, with the women of, of Watford, I know that initially it, it was, it came out of the Hive Live that was put together where Kate and I were both on with another woman called Sophie who were talking about our experiences of going to football. And obviously at that time, the person talking to us mostly was was Emma with Addie from um, the women's team as well, who was on talking about her experience growing up playing football. And, you know, I mean, she talked about the fact that she didn't know that other women played football. And so it wasn't something that she thought she had any opportunities in. And when she finally, you know, discovered a team and, and was able to play, you know, how great that was for her. Um and, and and I've been sort of quite inspired by Emma. I mean, I've, Emma went to the same school as me a lot 
later than I did. But, uh, you know, I think it's great what she's done, the way that she's sort of worked her way through the system. And I mean, she's a regular on, on Five Live now. And there are there are so many women now that are um, working in, in the game and reporting on the game in that side of it as well. Whereas when I started going 40 years ago, there weren't any. And even probably 20 years ago, there were very, very few. Those opportunities just weren't there. And um, I think those opportunities have been great. And it's great to see women getting on in those roles. So as I say, I, I'm a great admirer of Emma's for what she's done. Um, no question. So, um, and then, so the, our first little outing we did for the women of Watford, because, you know, most of us have season tickets or seats, and it's difficult to get seats at the men's games together, because it's all, you know, allocated seating, and you sit where you sit. So um, I think Kate's suggestion was that we we get together for the for the women's game. So we did. We um, went, and because it's on, on reserved seating, we managed to get a block together in the um, the lower GT and and just sort of met a few people we'd never met before. Talked about going to games. Talked about our passion, you know, and um, and we got to sit behind Helen Ward's family. And it was uh, it, it was really lovely, sort of seeing her children, sort of reacting to her being on the pitch, and her little girl yelling "Mummy, Mummy," and Helen sort of going, yeah. right. <laughs> "I'm at work." <laughs> but uh, but at the end of the game, what was interesting was that because I, I think playing at Vicarage Road is unusual for them. A lot of the women had their children on the pitch at the end of the game, which was. Really lovely, really lovely to see. And um, I know that Helen had um, sort of tweeted about it afterwards and she'd obviously had a very unpleasant interaction the night before with someone who was slagging her off for, for playing. And um, she said, you know, how proud she was to, to lead her team out of Vicarage Road and what a great opportunity it was for girls and women to see them play and be inspired by them and um and she also said that it was the first time she thought her kids actually understood what she did which i thought was really interesting <laughs> so um so again i thought it was a real positive that they had it at vicarage road i mean my big disappointment is they've just put tickets on sale for both the leeds game and the charlton game the charlton game is being played on Saturday, so it's the same time as the Leeds game. Oh dear! So, oh dear. Um, uh, yeah. So, I mean, the last game was on uh, the international break, so there wasn't any clash. But if they if they move the games to a Saturday when the men's team is playing, that's going to, I think, reduce the crowd, which I think is a shame. Whereas if it had been on the Sunday, I've bought a season ticket now. I'd definitely have gone. Absolutely. Now that yeah, that's something. Uh, yeah. that we, my goodness, yeah, that's. I don't know if it's the uh, FA um, in terms of the championship that needs to look at this or Watford FC or what, but that is a problem. We cannot have. I'm assuming that Watford have scheduled the games okay. because you know mo most of their games according to their calendar. And again, the other thing that I was disappointed in was they didn't update the calendar. So the last game was on a Saturday. And I've got the um, the automatic calendar. Right. They never did update it to be on Saturday. Not so as far as our calendars were showing, it was on Sunday. Mm. And this game hasn't been changed to Saturday either. It'd be interesting to know whether they do that. Right. But um, yeah, so that that that's a shame. It certainly is. That that, that is definitely a shame to say the very least. And uh, I do hope uh, that uh, Watford do do something about that because that is a real problem. We cannot have. Uh, uh, the men and the women being scheduled up against each other like that. Uh, that does not no. help. It certainly doesn't help women in football. It doesn't help the exposure of of women in football, quite frankly, to have them scheduled up against the men at the same time like that. That no. is not good. That does not grow the game at all. And that's really what I want to get to next, really. Um, from your perspective, um, looking at this, um, 
women in football, I mean, the, the women have played professional sports, um, but haven't received the um, exposure, the prominence. We're living in a, a male-dominated, male-controlled society, a patriarchy, quite frankly. And so whatever women do in these other capacities um, are always marginalized and completely segmented off to the side and to the point of quote-unquote irrelevance, although I wouldn't even put quotations mm -hmm. around it. That's really what, what has happened and what continues to happen. But I guess my question, Fran, uh, for you uh, is football and women and how women have progressed in it. How do you see that? Um, how would you evaluate it? Uh, what are your thoughts on it? Um, and how far do you think it can go? What is your whole view of women in football? And that could be behind the scenes. It could be, as you point out, Emma's role, uh, Emma Saunders and numerous other women in the game who I think have done an excellent job. And women on the pitch, women managers, you know, women as managers, whatever it is, I'd like you to um, talk about all of that if you could. Yeah, so I know when I lived in the US, uh, women's football was quite a big thing for a while and they did have the professional teams. So um, anybody who was any good would go out to the US to play because they would get the opportunity to to get paid for it. But obviously um, football, our football in the US is not that popular a game. It, it's It's played by the kids and it was considered to be played by women but it, it ne it's never really caught on so i remember being in in boston once and i went to see the men's team play at foxborough stadium and all the way down there i was listening to boston sport radio they'd never once mentioned that there was a football match going on <laughs> there that night, which just tells you everything you need to know about their attitude to 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 football over there. So so for a while, I think women's football was really quite successful over there. But then obviously the, it, it, the money can't have been behind it because the investment, I think the, the Boston team were called the breakers at the time, but the investment started disappearing and then they started going part time and then the, there were no longer those opportunities, which was which was a real shame. But but obviously it's changed a lot here where um, many more of the, the teams are actually, or the, the big teams ha are having women's teams as well. And sort of encouraging them and letting them play. I mean, I, I saw that the the Chelsea game was on yesterday. I was trying to work out where they were playing. I didn't realise that they bought Kings Meadow. So um, when I realised where it was, I was like, oh, I've been there a few times. <laughs> so, uh, but but again, they play at different stadiums. So I think, I think the fact that Watford, um, the women's team at Watford, train with the same facilities and the facilities up at the training ground are amazing and so that they're allowed to train there or given the opportunity to train there maybe allowed's the wrong word um that sort of that can only help and also playing at vicarage road i mean i think it's the same with the like the under 23s and the under 18s i think playing at a big stadium like that gives it a whole different atmosphere and kudos i think rather than playing you know at the training ground or something i mean it's a very different thing now obviously the women normally play at king's langley which is a lovely little stadium but it's very much a non-league stadium mm. so i think doing more of that playing at, at the um the the stadium and 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 the training facilities i think gives them a lot more opportunity and a lot more credibility in the eyes of people and we'll let young girls watching it see that there is a, a path through and obviously there's a lot more women's football on television yesterday as i say yesterday afternoon on bbc2 there was a women's football match uh which which is great so if if you see something you can be it if you don't ever see it, you don't think you can have those opportunities. So I think 
I think that's really positive, really positive. And I think as far as the the women um, commentators, etc., and the pundits, the fact that they now have female pundits on match of the day is fantastic. I mean, I never thought that I would see that. And and they're they're really smart women. They know what they're talking about. They put them into shame quite often. So I think that's a really positive thing, really positive. But when you talk about managers, <laughs> um, many, many years ago, you may or may not remember, there was a, a, a programme called The Manageress yes. with Sherry Lockie. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Us of a certain age, remember <laughs> Sherry Lungi as the manager of a, a men's team. Um, I can't see that happening. But I mean, it, it's difficult for um, the women women to get managers jobs in the women's game, let alone in the men's game. And I think that that's going to be a really hard nut to crack, a really hard nut to crack. Um, and this, there are still very few female officials as well. I mean, Sean Massey That's is right. the name that everybody right. knows, but apart from her, I would struggle to name anybody else. Right, and there is also a, a, a referee, and I forget her name, who yeah. did the refereeing for the Super Cup a couple of years ago between Chelsea and Liverpool. If I remember right. that correctly, she did that uh, particular refereeing stint, but apart from that, and she's also... Uh, and uh, an excellent referee, um, but apart from her, I can't name any other people. You, of course, you talked about Sean Massey quite, um, quite well. Obviously, she is uh, someone who is an official in the Premier League. Um, but that's right. There's no other. There's no others that I can think of. No. It's going to require, uh, among many other things, a a really uh, vigorous shakeup of the systemic apparatus that that puts this in place and of course this is a conversation that can go a whole lot deeper and a whole lot longer and i know that we you know we have a fixed amount of time here but that is a conversation that must be had too because ultimately we're looking at the systemic apparatus that puts us here in the in the first place where we are talking about the fact that there aren't nearly enough women in a in a systemic structure that is dominated and really operated and controlled by men. So that's the real other big picture, large picture conversation. Um, as we close here, I just wanted to ask you if there's anything else that you wanted to say about going to the games, about, um, I mean, for one thing, I could tell you, that, uh, Kate and I spoke about this, education of men and boys is is something that's very important here. Um, and we talked about this and then also about uh, not this idea that you have to protect women and girls, but you that you have to really educate men and boys to really unlearn and uh, train their approaches very differently towards women and girls in general, period, to begin with. And then uh, on top of that, the sporting aspect as well, so we had that conversation. But I guess again, I just wanted to ask you anything that you had uh, that you'd like to say in closing. Um, whether you want to talk about um, women in the game, ownership, whatever it might ownership meaning own, owning the the teams, perhaps if that could happen, or anything else. And then also, if you would like to provide any information about where women at Watford are located in terms of social media. Uh, perhaps your own social media, if you'd like to do that, or, or anything else in the closing moments, please. Yeah, so I think one of the thoughts behind um, the women of Watford was that Kate had said that she'd never been to a game without a man. And I thought, well, I've been to quite a lot of games, although most of the games that I go to, especially the away games, I do tend to go with some male friends. But there are always other women there as well. Um, and because we're of a certain age and a certain thing, we don't tend to go to sort of maybe the, the rowdy boys' pubs. We go to the old men's pubs where we can get a seat and have right. something to eat. Right. So, again, it, it's one of those things about what I, what I wanted to do in it was to make people who maybe were not comfortable going or maybe didn't have somebody to go with 
to say, well, you know, we're going to be here. We'll make you safe. You know, if you're going to an away ground and you'd like somebody, you want to be on the same train as somebody or um, meet somebody at the station to walk to the ground or something, you know, we could always make sure that you feel safe doing that. I mean, I think most of the time I found sort of traveling to away games because it's, it, I mean, it's not like it was in the 80s. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's a Saturday afternoon. There's lots of women out shopping anyway. So it's not like it's it's a difficult thing to do. And I think once you've done it a couple of times, it, it's it's fine. It's fine. But I know that sort of being maybe around a ground where there are a lot of men and they do tend to get a bit leery and loud and maybe it's not an environment that, that some women feel comfortable in. So if you've got other women around you, that probably would help. Or a, or a mixed group of people who just are accepting of you so that you feel a bit more comfortable sort of being in that environment. But I mean, I've been, I've always been of the, of the thing that as soon as I get out of the ground, I pull off my shirt, put it in my bag, and then I'm just an old woman out shopping. Nobody's going to take any notice of me, so it's fine. <laughs> oh, the way you put that! <laughs> oh, come on, people take notice of you. Come on, goes through our heads. Goes through our heads. Makes it easier. <laughs> friend uh, right. <laughs> I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to add but um, um, whether it's your social media whether it's Women of Watford social media which is yeah the, so yeah. Women of Watford we have a Twitter account right um, and we have a Facebook page and so what we've been trying to do is sort of post some things on there of, of things that we're doing and I think what's been nice is that like, like with the, the women's game a bunch of people got together on there and said, oh, that's lovely. Let's all meet up. So we did. So now there's a few more faces that we know. And so I know that one of the women there is is going to, to Norwich. And so I'll look out for her at Norwich. And, oh, yes, Norwich on Saturday. So um, it's, again, seeing faces that you know. And, and, and the more I think that you, if you travel away, it, if you feel comfortable in the group when you see a lot of familiar faces around you and I think the more people that you interact with and that you've got to even if you just nod and say hello and how are you and all that it just it makes it more of a community and I think the traveling support is a nice little community and so if you can welcome people into it and make them feel comfortable that's a good thing and I think we've had some easy away trips I mean Brighton's and a lovely little away trip and and Norwich is another one. Yes. It's a you know nice little city to go to. Passionate fans. The ground's great, and so it's um, it's a good experience. I think going to those grounds. Absolutely, and you have a mailing list. I know that there's a mailing list that um, people can sign up to. Yes, there is. Which I think you probably <laughs> have to go through um, the Facebook page because for the life of me, I can't remember. It's okay. I think what well, it is, but. I can certainly supplement that um, yeah. in this episode, so that's okay. Um, don't mean to put you on. But the I spot, know that Kate yeah. has been trying to um, right. sort of. We're going to put out sort of monthly messages, and if we've got sort of like good stories about places we've gone to and and stories of the the experiences, that's a good thing. And I know that Kate is um, writing regularly in the um, YBR fanzine as well. Okay, so Yellow, I think that would be yes. Yeah, I think that'll be that'll be nice. I mean, I've written for it a, a few times because I know the guys that run it. Um, so I think that's that's a good thing as well. And we're trying to get a, a friend of mine. Her way before I started going, her mother used to take her and her sisters as teenagers um, to away games in the in the seventies, and some of her stories are unbelievable so we're trying to get her to actually tell those stories so that they can be in one of in the treasury maybe because she's she was quite a character her mum. <laughs> those stories are incredible wow now, now you've got me really curious about this <laughs> 
and I'm sure the listeners as well. <laughs> for sure, for sure. <laughs> Fran, yeah. it, it's just really wonderful speaking with you, um, and I want to thank you very much again. You have been listening to. Fran Lynn, she's the co-founder of Women of Watford FC. Wow, FC. Goodness, I do love that name. And it's a wonderful name. And uh, thank you so very much for your time on this edition of the Yuans podcast. Thank you. Very special thanks to Fran Lynn. And thank you, Fran, for the work you are doing at Women of Watford FC. You can read Fran's blog on travels to Watford matches home and away men's and women at franelin.wordpress.com That's F-R-A-N-E-L-Y-N-N dot wordpress dot com When I return, a look at the Watford women in their match this past Sunday against Blackburn Rovers. Welcome back to Yuans. I'm Omar Moore. This past Sunday, Watford took on Blackburn away from home in their third game in the championship thus far. Previous losses to Durham and Liverpool, with battling performances by Watford in both, gave encouragement to all who watched Watford and thinking that they would fare a little better against Blackburn. But unfortunately, that was not to be, as Blackburn raced to a 3-0 lead Two goals in the second half really denting Watford, and then Watford's consolation goal late in the game from Adi Fatugadada with a free kick that curled in untouched into the back of the net. Cut the arrears, but really was too little too late. In a performance that really, for the first time this season, was not quite up to it, not quite as good as the previous two performances. And after the game, in an interview, Fatugadada did dig out everybody, including herself, in a way, by challenging everybody to be better and to work harder to get something. And so the leadership position taken by Addy in that situation was something that was important and needed as Watford FC women really did face a setback in the game and they were really behind the eight ball early and often, especially in that second half, but it was the heroics of the goalkeeping from Georgie Ferguson that kept the scoreline from going way out of hand. Some point-blank saves, particularly in the second half of the game, kept the Watford women in the fight. And although they worked very hard, they just could not work hard enough to get what they wanted, which was a point out of the game. Now, one of the things I've observed watching Watford women these first three weeks is that they have a habit of going behind in these games with the deficit being too much to overcome so that by the time they score in a game, they are pretty much done because the game has already got away from them. It's as if they're playing two very different games. One game in which the opposition is dominating on the scoreboard and the other game in which Watford have come out and actually attacked the game and taken the chances presented to them And you saw a lot of that in the first two games of this season. Not so much in this third game, but Watford did score late on in the third game. But a different kind of game for Watford as they seem to be outsized by Blackburn. I looked at Blackburn's players and they looked, a lot of them looked a whole lot bigger. And I don't know if that has anything to do with anything. But all I know is, is that one of their players was very physical and commanding in terms of her presence. And I don't know if that had anything to do with the, I think, sometimes reticence in some of the tackling. Sometimes some of the forward play was a little bit slow for me watching the game on Sunday at Blackburn. And I didn't think there was enough 
of a ruthlessness about the Watford women that was on display. Unlike in the other two games, especially the Liverpool game, when Watford fought back from 3-0 down only to lose 3-2, but they gave it everything in that game. And in this game, I just didn't see the same kind of commitment and blood and guts that I saw particularly in the game against Liverpool. But at the end of the day, it's played three and lost three for the Watford women. And in all of that, the Watford women have scored in each game they've played this season. They've scored a total of four goals, but it has really not been enough because they've lost each of the games. So Clinton Lancaster has work to do. He's got his work cut out for him, as do the Watford women. I do wish them all the very best of success this season, obviously, in any season, but particularly this season and particularly in their very next game, which will be away once again at Sheffield United this time. The international break this weekend, so nothing doing in the way of Watford FC women on footballing terms. Uh, They will be back to come back a week and a half or a week after that, after the international break on the 26th of September with their game at Sheffield United. All the very best, Watford women. When this brand new edition of the Uorns podcast returns, a look at the Watford FC men as they take on Norwich City at Carrow Road. You can subscribe at any time to the Uorns WFC YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube and in the search bar, type in Uorns WFC. And then you'll be able to subscribe to the channel that comes up. I will go more in-depth in video on this, but I do want to spend a few moments talking about the Watford men as they take on Norwich City at Carrow Road this weekend. And this is a massive game for both teams, as they call it the proverbial six-pointer, if you will. And this game is a must-win. Simple as. Norwich City are yet to win this season in the Premier League, just like Wolves were yet to win in the Premier League last week. They had played three games, and they had lost all three by the same scoreline. But they made no mistake last week at Vicarage Road with the 2-0 win that they got. The similar scenario is on the doorstep if Watford can avoid it, hopefully, against Norwich. Where Norwich, who have not won any of their first four games, are looking to turn that around at Carrow Road in their second home game of the season in the Premier League. It will be very interesting to see how Norwich shape up in that one because Norwich are probably going to be slight favourites given the run of form Watford are on. Granted, Norwich have not won a game, but they have played well in a number of these games. They acquitted themselves well enough against Arsenal in a narrow 1-0 defeat, and they also showed up against Leicester City before succumbing to a late goal and a defeat there at home to Leicester. Norwich are showing a bit of upside, but Watford now have to start raising their levels against a team that got promoted with them and is hungry to avenge a defeat back in April of this year when both were in the championship. It was a critical game that night and Watford went to Carrow Road and got all three points. Watford will want to repeat that feat on Saturday when they visit Carrow Road, this time in the Premier League. Norwich City sit rock bottom of the table, and they certainly want to get off the bottom of the table right away. They will see the game against Watford as a huge opportunity to do so. Watford must see this game as a huge opportunity for three points. Watford have had a habit of getting wins at Carrow Road, but... That doesn't mean anything because every game is different. The last time Watford played Norwich at Carrow Road before the championship game was back in the year of 2019. That year, that year, in October or November of that year, if I remember correctly, 
Watford got their first win of the season with a 2-0 win on a Friday night at Carrow Road with the TV lights on. But this is a whole different story right now. New team, new manager, and now there must be a new mentality in the Watford men's game because Watford right now do not have the application mentally to get three points. Not based on what I've seen over the last couple of weeks, despite the Tottenham game that they played well in, to my, for my money, the best performance of their season thus far. But they have not showed up in these other games, except for much of the Aston Villa game. They did not show up against Brighton, and they did not show up in the second half of the game against Wolves. The mentality must be switched on from 1 to 96. Minute 1 to minute 96. And as soon as that happens, Watford will have a fighting chance. I actually think Watford are going to do well this weekend, lest I jinx them. But I feel much more confident about Watford's chances this weekend than I did about Watford's chances last weekend. I am confident about this team. I am confident about their ability to stay in the Premier League. And I'm confident that they will stay in the Premier League comfortably. While that may not be the view of many fellow Watford fans at the minute, I do think that once they get these three points, and I think it will be against Norwich, they will begin to settle and build a foundation from there. If Watford weren't to get the three points this weekend, it's a good chance that that may have been, or could be, Cisco Munoz's final game as Watford head coach. I can't see Gino Pozzo sticking around with him too much longer should Watford fail to get three points on Saturday. Even a draw may not be good enough to save his job. In fact, I'm thinking that a draw will not be good enough to save Cisco's job. It is imperative that Watford win this game. If they fail to win, if they actually lose the game, that would be four consecutive defeats. Their last three games have all been defeats, all without scoring a single goal. We shall see how things work out, one way or the other, this coming Saturday afternoon at Carrow Road. That's all for this edition of Yuan's. Don't forget to subscribe to the Yuan's WFC YouTube channel. Go to YouTube and in the search bar type Yuan's WFC and subscribe to the channel. You also, please, must subscribe to this podcast. Don't forget, it's available on Apple, Spotify and various other platforms. And... Follow on Twitter and Instagram at YouOrnsWFC. And the merchandise store is at YouOrns.com. All of the YouOrns merchandise. Really good items that are added on an almost daily basis. There will be some more over the next few days. So don't forget to visit YouOrns.com and shop right now. That's it for now. I'm Omar Moore. And until next time, yee.